Welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word, the podcast that empowers you to say fuck being fine. Tired of being stuck in a place where you say everything's fine, when it's really not fine at all? You're not alone. I'm your host, Lori Seitz. I've been there too, and so have my guests. Here's a secret. All it takes is a conscious decision to change and then restructure beliefs so your actions take you in the right direction. That's where Fine is a Four-Letter Word comes in. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories from people who have transformed their lives and businesses and practical tips and takeaways to move you from spinning in place to forward action so you can create a life of joy. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. First, shout out to my previous guest, Annette Kuzma, for connecting me with Alexandra Clayton and McCall Sinnott, who you're about to hear from today. Personal wellness means different things to different people. When you get to know somebody, you find out there's a lot of unpacking to do. Alexandra and McCall met in a female filmmaking collaborative alliance, and little did they know the exciting journey it would lead them on. Growing up, they were both raised to appreciate the value of education in different ways. Alexandra's parents limited her exposure to media, and they carefully curated the media she did see to focus on female leaders and women in positions of power. McCall comes from a long line of travelers and sailors, which taught her the value of education through experience. In other ways, they were different. Alexandra was emotional and never thought of anyone as a stranger. She grew up in a household where love was expressed freely and openly, and she said hello to everybody at the grocery store. McCall, on the other hand, was introverted and learned through acting that she could express herself by pretending to feel things she wasn't feeling. This was very liberating for her. As multi-hyphenates, directors, producers, and actors, who have also held a variety of side gigs to support themselves, they've most recently come together to write a screenplay and film a movie. It was through this experience they discovered how fine is a four-letter word. Their movie, called Unpacking, is about a wellness retreat. Through their experiences, Alexandra and McCall both appreciate the importance of community and structure. At the same time, they feel there's currently a real lack of places for people to go and find support to draw themselves out from wherever they're stuck and get moving forward right now. The mega wellness industry fills the gap for a privileged set of people, but what it has to offer is simply out of reach to many others. In a moment, when you meet Alexandra and McCall, you'll discover how they're out to change all that. Hear how their experience in the indie movie industry, where you can create your own stories and roles without pleading for the approval of gatekeepers, has inspired them to break out of the typecast and inspire others to do the same. Like the characters in Alexandra and McCall's film, you may find yourself longing to escape from your life. Because it's all too much and you're questioning whether you can ever manage to overcome the crappy thoughts in your head, feelings of overwhelm, and the impossible to live up to expectations. Don't let those bullshit beliefs win. Go to zenrabbit.com right now and download the five easy ways to start living the sabbatical life guide. 
Once you read it, you'll understand how the beliefs you've been programmed with since birth are holding you back and keeping you stuck. It's only seven pages, so it won't take you long to get through. And the five tactics are pretty simple, but once you follow even one of them, you're in for a profound change. When you're ready to say fuck being fine, then this guide is the place to start. It's time to create your own character and write your own story. Right now, Alexandra Clayton and McCall Sinnott are waiting for us on set. Let's make a movie. Hello and welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. This is a first. I have two guests on the show today, Alexandra Clayton and McCall Sinnott. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lori. Thanks for having us. Hi, Lori. We're so excited to be here today. Yeah, I am. I'm super excited about this conversation. I don't know where it's going to go, but I know it's going to be good. So let's just jump right in and then we'll get into what, you know, how, well, first of all, how we got connected. It was an intro through one of my past guests, Annette Kuzma. Yes. Oh, she's so nice. wonderful. We were like so blessed to get connected to her. Yeah. Yeah. An amazing woman. Totally. And Such crazy a story about how you connected too. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. She, we met at um, a bar I used to work at. <laughs> yep. You never know. It just goes to show you never know when you're going to meet That's the people. Right. Yep. That- yeah, just start life. talking to people because you don't I, know what's going to come I out of it. I've met so many interesting people working in customer service, you know, like just, I don't know. I always ask someone how their day is and it's amazing what opens up. So, yeah. Yeah. Love it. Uh, okay. So let's jump in. I have a question and whoever wants to go first can answer first. What were the values and beliefs that you were raised with that contributed to you becoming who you are? Um, I'll go ahead unless you want to. Okay. Alexander. I'm like, either way, I was like, I also just thought of something, but <laughs> you can go if you want. All right. Um, I will say I was raised with like a real value of education in my family. It was sort of like a generational foundation. Um, and it was a pretty broad sense of like how you could become educated, but it was just like general curiosity for the world, big exploration of the world. It was something my parents really embodied in their lifestyle choices. It was something at least my dad's parents embodied in, in their lifestyle choices. And I also was lucky to spend a lot of time with them growing up, um, and I was just reflecting on this this past weekend. I was really raised by a girl dad and feel so lucky for that. And my parents didn't allow us a lot of TV or media. I was also, and my mom is amazing and gave me such an intentional childhood. But my parents agreed to sort of give us very little media when we were kids. And it wasn't until I hit like my late teens and started becoming a a movie nerd that I realized how intentionally they had sculpted the little bits of media I had received to be like so many female rock bands Mm. and the movies and the tv shows that I watched the few that I did watch had like female leaders and females in position of power and it was like always the idea that like 
I could do anything and being a girl was badass and amazing and would never hold me back. And I, yeah, it wasn't until I got older that I was like, wow, that was so intentional that they were showing me like women in leadership positions all along and, um, and really like implanting in me that I, yeah, I, my gender had no influence on my, uh, capacity for leadership and success. And I still feel so grateful for that. Wow. That is really special and unusual. <laughs> totally agree. I was getting like teary listening to your childhood. <laughs> um, I, my mom was a single parent. Um, and so, but she like, so there was like a lot more chaos in my house growing up, but but my mom has an incredible sense of love. She's one of the most like loving, open, non-judgmental people I've ever met. And um, she really imbued me with a sense of love. And like she was very open with, you know, saying I love you. And like we always said that in our household. And so um, she really taught me how to love, I think. And, mm -hmm. and still that is a really big core value for me. Um she also really gave me a sense that I could dream and like I could do anything like, you know, mm. we we didn't have a lot and there were a lot of challenges, but I could dream as big as I wanted. And there was nothing I couldn't do if I just put myself to doing it. And so I really took that with me into adulthood and also a big sense of adventure Um like and travel, like the importance of travel. Um, education is also important. My mom, my mom has two master's degrees and um, she like, you know, education was important. And also like us education through travel or through like experience. And like, I come from a long line of travelers and sailors. I like, I have like ship captains in my ancestry and um, people that travel like great distances across different lands. And so the I desire to go wherever was, I, you know, really a core value. And also not being afraid of change. Like there was always change in my life. And so like I lived in six states before I was five. <laughs> and wow. so I've never been afraid of change. Like change is something that's like, it's just comes very easily to me. And I think that the older I've gotten, the more I've realized what a gift that was because I meet people that are like so afraid of things changing and like we're always like life is always changing. Yeah, that's what life is. Exactly. Yeah, there's no way to avoid it. Yeah. You can dislike it, but you can't avoid it. Totally. Yeah. So those are all big core values that I think that I have um, really adopted in my life. Very cool. Okay. And so now those were the, the both of you had such fantastic um values instilled in you that it, it seems unusual mm. and you mentioned about being open in saying i love you was it, so the question is actually for both of you does that mean that you were also encouraged to feel your emotions yes and feel feel and express because that's i'm asking because a lot of the guests i've talked to and a lot of people outside of my guests that was not a thing in their house like you were not allowed to have emotions mm. you were so you 
because you weren't allowed to have emotions, you certainly weren't allowed to express them or even know what they were for a lot of people. Yeah. No, I was very much um, so. Okay, so it's a mix because early, like my parents were together for the first like seven years of my life and they did not have a good marriage. And there was like there was there was a lot of chaos. And Mm -hmm. so I think like. I got from experience that it wasn't always safe to show your emotions, but um, my mom really like kind of combated that. And then once like I was just like my mom was just raising us, she really like leaned into that. And she's actually she's an she was an actor as well. And so she really encouraged us to express our emotions. And it kind of, I think, maybe was a little out of balance because of, like, the early conditioning mixed with, like, mm-hmm. just feel your feelings, you know? And so I think I had to grow up and sort of right-size that, that, like, feel it. also feelings are not facts. And, you know, like, yeah. they can be out of bounds if you, you know, you can't just give in your emotions and that's the end of it. But in terms of expressing it, like, it was a real gift as an actor. Like, it's very easy for me to, like, I have... I'm very like in touch with my emotions and like they just flow through me. And so that was a real gift. Cool. What about you, Alexandra? Um, I think I was just like a, an incredibly emotional child. I like came into the world that way. I was like uh-huh. loud and feeling and um, <laughs> it was very different than how my sister had been. And I had tantrums and I screamed, but I also like didn't know a stranger and wanted to say hi to everybody at the grocery store and um, was, I know my, my parents were also, yeah, so they didn't tamp that down. I think my mom, because my emotions would totally overrun me as a child and it probably took them a while the older I'm getting and I'm watching friends deal with it I was like man it must have been a lot for them to handle me (laughs) and they tried to give me like little tools to find ways to like calm down and Mm -hmm. act more appropriately in certain situation Mm -hmm. um yeah but they weren't they they also sort of accepted that I I had really high emotions that I like wore on the surface and they you know I think worked to help me find healthy ways to channel that I just needed like excessive amounts of running around and playing <laughs> like you know right to stay. outlets for the energy <laughs> exactly and I well they were also like I feel very lucky that I definitely grew up in a household where love was expressed openly and freely and I know that is not um something that had like happened in the generations before and it's something my parents Mm. were pretty intentional about and I know that that I've sort of been told that like I was so affectionate I was like a cuddle bug as a kid that that like broke the barrier down with my grandparents because every time I'd see them I'd be like I love you and how are you not supposed to tell you know a little like two-year-old or three-year-old do you love them back so that right. started getting them into the practice of saying you know I love you to my dad for like the first time in his life oh. Oh, it was wow. like... <laughs> so you were a catalyst for change from from early <laughs> I guess that's a really yes, nice way to look at it sure. yeah. <laughs> accept it yeah <laughs> 
I thought of another thing that was also a core value, and that was like a sense of something bigger than myself, like a a god, a god, um, or whatever that you know. Like for me, like my I was raised in a very religious household, so like the god of my understanding is not like the same as what I was raised with. But that sense Mm. of something that like bigger than just me and a sense of like awe and faith and things that are beyond my understanding from an intellectual standpoint and that Mm -hmm. was really um a huge value as well yeah cool so then as you grew into adults how did you come to you know discover that acting was the thing and we didn't say in the beginning that that you both are actors and what producers how do you describe directors producers creative (laughs) awesome an easy way to say it is like a multi-hyphenate you know um but yeah we yeah we're actor filmmakers um that's also easy way to put it but yeah yeah we were all the hats on this film (laughs) right which we're gonna get into talking about the film but before we got there like what 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 was the path that led you to this place to creating this film do you want it from I know this is a giant leap because uh, we're going from childhood sure. to like and and you know we don't have like we don't need to know all of the Quick the details summary. but like yeah. what's the overview that that brought you from these sounds like both really amazing childhoods and with all of these great values instilled in you and then you went okay now I'm going to share these gifts and the 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 who I've become with the world in this way um, I think for me, I was well, so my mom has her master's in theater and so and and her un- undergrad in theater. So I, I, I actually did my first commercial like professional commercial with my mom when I was seven. We oh, wow, something that I was the daughter and she was the mother and that hooked me. I was <laughs> I was a very shy child and like the I don't the idea that I could like sit on a couch and pretend to feel things that were not what I was feeling like. I just ran with it. I thought it was like the most amazing thing. And I just, I, I sucked it up. And it also really changed in a lot of ways, changed my personality because I like was very introverted and shy. And then like, it showed me this path of being like different than I was. And, um, and the, just like the joy of, of like meshing yourself with another character you know like kind of taking on someone else's energy and like that and that can be like the safe box of space where you can like do anything and then you come out of it and you're like yourself again and it's just as um it felt very empowering and like just I just wanted it like I just loved it from the beginning and um so I think so that like I always I acted growing up. I went to a performing arts high school and I was, you know, very actively involved professionally and also like within my where I grew up um, in school. And but I wasn't planning on pursuing it as a career because my mom was a single parent. And I she also like I knew the struggle of how hard it is to do that with your life. And my mom Mm -hmm. didn't pursue an acting career. She was like a casting director and she was an agent and she did other things, but it was local and it it was not like, you know, it was we never had any money. We never we were so poor. And so I was like, that is not the path. Like, I do not need to struggle with 
I am going to have a real job and I'm going to grow up and do real things, not this imagined. <laughs> and um, I wrote my senior year of high school. I had to write a play for a playwright. I was in this performing arts high school required. I took a playwriting class. It was required to take the playwriting class. And the second semester of my senior year, I had to write a pl- like a full length play in order to graduate. And I was really not excited about it. I was actually kind of annoyed that I had to write this play. Um, but I'm also really like an overachiever and a perfectionist. And so I wasn't going to just like, you know, I wasn't going to just dial that in. I was going to write something good. And mm-hmm. so I really worked at it, even though I wanted to be at the beach. Um, and and right. I wrote something that ended up, um, I submitted it to uh, this young playwrights festival. I, I grew up in Norfolk, Virginia, and I submitted to this festival in Richmond, Virginia, um, where Alexander and I just were for a festival, actually. It was like like a nice little homecoming. Um, and it won this Young Playwrights Festival. And so I got to go away and like go to this basically like camp where free camp where I like they basically put my play on in this giant Lort theater with it was like a thousand seat theater. I mean, there weren't a thousand you know people that came, but it was this enormous, beautiful theater with equity actors like doing this reading of my of my play. And wow. sitting the the experience of I up to that point had only just like um been like internalized a character I'd never like sat and watched my work through others mm. and and been like had that sort of out of body experience of seeing my words through someone else and the experience of seeing that on stage made me realize that I had to do this with my life. And so it was like this real eureka moment. And I never looked back. I just was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so then I majored in theater. Like I ended up transferring to a different school that had a better theater program. And I um, I have never, I went to New York and, you know, pursued a career. And then eventually like kind of got a note, like, I don't know, frustrated a little bit with like, the pickings when you're like a new actor and you know it's like maybe you get a line on law and order or uh-huh. you know like you're not uh-huh. getting like the juicy parts and i would a lot of parts like i was it was like up against me and like a star in like my 20s and the stars were getting it always of course because they were names and so i started writing out of necessity in order to create my work and then yeah I just realized over time that i'm more than just an actor i'm a storyteller and that I have these stories that I want to tell and they they continue to grow. So isn't that how Sylvester Stallone started writing and started yeah. getting acting because yeah. he couldn't get the part. So yeah. he started writing his that own is... parts, essentially. Yes. And right? uh, we, yeah, Alexander and I actually ran up the Rocky Steps also on a film. <laughs> we were in Philly like about a month ago at another festival for our film. And we like recorded our me and Alexander and Jessica, who played Jackie in the film, like ran up the steps and like did the whole Rocky <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I want to I want to hear from you, Alexandra. But I, and and I want to also make a comment, Nicole, about your film, like when you were a child and, and being able to step out of your shyness when you were playing somebody else. It reminds me. And I think I was I don't know if the book actually came up, but we were talking about this on another recent episode I we rec- I recorded. It's kind of like there's a book by Todd Herman called The Alter Ego Effect. And in it, he talks about how to create an alter ego to help yourself primarily in business, but really in life. And uh, he talked a little bit about like how Beyonce has done this. And uh, I can't remember. There was a basketball player he was talking about in it. I don't remember which one. 
that when they step on the court, when they step on the stage, they are not themselves. They have to become someone else to be, to play that part. Right. And then, and it also helps with, he was saying, you know, then when the criticism comes, which it will, when you're, you, you know, when you're stepping out and putting yourself out there, there's going to be that. It helps deflect it a little bit because it's not you. They're criticizing the alter ego. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I think I did that with like every part, you know, so it wasn't one alter ego, but it's just like, yeah. I love you know, diving into all the aspects of like playing a character, you know, how does this person dress? Like, what do they think about? Like, you know, I feel like it's successful if you're like having the thoughts of the character and you're not like, I can literally depart from myself and like really be in like another headspace. And I think that's like so joyful. Yeah. You come out of it and you feel like very refreshed. <laughs> yeah. Alexandra, have you had the have similar experiences or what was your your entree into the world um maybe like rare is it that I have like a true sort of out of body experience where I'm like so in something but I have definitely experienced that and I I I think from early on as a child I also was pretty performative and I loved um trying just trying to stretch myself in those ways but I definitely became we moved when I was in middle school and then like middle school and high school I became increasingly shy to explore that part of myself and I got really into the visual arts and really into photography um I think I've always been a learn by doing person like my self-education has always been like hasn't been like I need to sit in the library and read books about this I'm like I need to try to make it with myself every little piece of it <laughs> like right. so I, I started trying to yeah like make you know films um and in my yeah I guess teenage years and then like more seriously through community college in my early 20s and really also yeah just felt a calling to storytelling and didn't know which lens like was that going to be as a director or a writer or an actor I think there will always be a part of me that is an actor but it, it's like each of those roles I think can um I can find different parts of them at every different age I am through life so I, I've definitely like dipped in and out of all of them and probably will continue to do that um and yeah, just started, I think that was always, it was like started working in indie film and um, learning from my own experiences and sort of taking note of the things I liked and didn't like. And then was lucky to find two women in my pretty early years in New York who also wanted to write and make content for themselves. And we made a web series together. We lived together for two years and we like wrote a web series for ourselves and filmed it in our apartment. And it was like sort of our version of film school without going to film school because we just tried out all the pieces and like kinds of collaboration and learned a lot um, from doing that. And it's just, yeah. It's, it's so been... cool that you that we now have the opportunity that you don't have to wait for someone to pick you, that we can create 
our own stuff and like create a web series. Uh, Like back in the day, you know, like when I was in school, there was no web. So you couldn't do that. But it's so it's so awesome that now you can have the creative freedom to create whatever you want without having to be chosen by like the the whoever the special she's choosing people are right (laughs) you know like I don't have to uh be hired by a radio station to have my own show here we are doing it and the same Uh, with making movies and films and and putting them out there because you could always really make your own film but the outlet for sharing it didn't exist the way it does now yeah yeah and I mean it's still I like I'll be honest like part of the commitment has been like in making indie work is like it's a very different lifestyle it's not Hollywood glamorous we're not rolling in the money it's Mm -hmm. not easy it's a lot of different hats and treachery and sometimes our 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 creations reach a frustratingly small amount of eyes but there is like the gift of freedom and growth and expression that if you you know set yourself on a more traditional like studio track and you're working as a PA and you're working as a this like it I don't know you know like neither path is for everyone and each path really has its merits and uh I can't imagine having taken another path because I just am like too hungry to be trying out my own stuff I just never had the patience I think not to say like I've stepped into all of those other worlds in small ways um as like part of my support jobs over the years but um yeah it was like I don't I don't yeah I don't want to wait decades to get these opportunities I want i I because I also think I'm again a learn by doing person and I don't want to wait and make just one movie or one you know I want to make many mm-hmm. because yeah. every experience I'm gaining insight into what I like and what I don't like and what I want to say and how I want to say it and how I want to communicate and um yeah it's a lifestyle it's like a lifestyle choice yeah and that's what it comes back to is everybody has to find what works for them yeah. And step into that. And whether it's the the traditional path, if you will, or the way that, you know, the indie path or whatever it is, or a combination, it's about figuring out what works for you and then going all into that. Because as I've talked about many times, life is an experiment and an experience and an adventure. And that's yes. what we're all doing here. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not having fun doing it, then like maybe you like, look at that you know yeah Yeah. it's happening right now like it's not somewhere else it's not in the future it's right now right I feel like it took me a long time to really know that like I really was a future-centric person or I was always like getting to the next level and I don't know I feel very lucky to be largely present these days where I'm like really enjoying my life right now and it doesn't matter if I'm not where I want to be because where I am is really great too yeah well yeah I love that. I love that. So let's go into now with, well, that leads kind of into the film and the characters in the film. And so talk about how you two came together to create this work. So Alexander and I met in a female filmmaking um, collaborative like alliance um, in New York City um, about eight years ago. And we both were multi-hyphenates, um, uh, like 
actor. That's a new term, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, like yeah. if you're not in the in the art world <laughs> or the filmmaking world, I don't I've never heard it before. Formers and like oftentimes it's like there's people that are behind the camera and there's people in front of the camera, but we're we're we were interested in both, you know, we were interested in like creating the content and also being in it. I just want to give a definition to that word. So like imagine someone saying, because I feel like you too, it could be, you know, like um I'm a vet tech, but I'm also a jazz singer, but I'm also, it's like all the slashes. It's like, if you just pursue, Mm -hmm. if you put your life together by like multiple pieces or you have sort of multiple jobs or different skill sets, but they all play a role in your life, that's the multi-hyphenate. It's the slash, slash, slash. And it's, it, I think it also even speaks to like a way of thinking about the world in general. Like I feel like up till very recently, we've been in like this sort of binary world where it's this or that. And now like, I think like we're moving into a period of like the world where it's not one thing. It can be both. And it's, it's, it's so much more liberating and freeing to be in that space where you can be more than one thing. You don't have to be like just the vet tech because you are also a jazz singer, you know? Yeah. And it's a great place to be because it's, it's, um, there's different facets to us. And, and so we don't have to just be in one, one role, you know? Right. Well, humans have always been that, even if there wasn't that term to describe it, because you could have somebody who, you know, is a parent and a a vet tech and a jazz singer and totally, but totally, totally. I think what's changing more is is the integration of it, of seeing yourself as a full and integrated person as opposed to, I I do all of these things, but they're all separate pieces in my right. life. Like each one is kept compartmentalized. Right. It's 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 also I think the even the idea of moving out of like an ind- individual mindset to a community mindset. Like we you know, the world is in chaos right now, you know, and like the idea that thinking all every each person is right and that's their way versus like what is best for the community. Like we've got to transcend thinking of things in one binary this or that, you know, right and yeah. wrong. We have to transcend that like on a global level, I think. And so, right. yeah, there's like more reaches for it for that sort of idea of the multi-hyphenate. <laughs> it is though. You're like so right. It's a recent evolution because I will say like even in my early 20s, I've been working as a photographer for over 10 years as my like main support job outside of my film career. And I use a separate name for my photography business so that I don't show up on Google as both. And I had a lot, even just like with an acting website early on, and and I had a writing credit and I was starting to direct and I got so much like professional advice from people further along to like not tell people I did more than one thing, tell them I only did this because it would make them, t- it, they take me less seriously. They wouldn't think yeah. I could actually be good at it. How could yeah. you really be good at more than one thing if you're not just a photographer how how do I trust you if you're not just an actor or you're not just a director? How do I trust you? And like, yeah, that is really in the last um, handful of years that I think like all of those skills really speak to each other and inform each other and make my work so much stronger in the other one. But that like embracing that on a larger cultural scale is new. And right. Like, I mean, being... so nice to not have to have the separation anymore. And I'm like, yeah, what because... do I do with these two different names and websites now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Being... Right. Which one? And then at, which one is the real you? 
Yeah. Right. Like being an actor will help inform you of how to speak to an actor as a director. And being a director will help you to know, like, you know, how, like, I don't know. They they go hand in hand. But yeah, mm-hmm. for so many years, it was like you're a dilettante if you're not one thing. And um, I think it took me a long time to, like, own being a writer for that reason because I wanted to hold on to the fact that I felt like I'm an actor. People are like, oh, mm. but you're a writer too. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And they're like, well, you're writing things. So like, what is the definition of writer? <laughs> right. <laughs> you're clearly a writer. <laughs> and it, it's, um, but I think that was societal too. It was like this idea that you had to choose. And why? Why do you have to choose? Why can't yeah. you be all of these things and, and be drawn towards them for different periods or paths or inter you know yeah it's just as you go yeah so okay so um, back so to the original question of how I mean, this movie came how this film came to be yeah. and um we Ooh, I side by this hard <laughs> yeah it's all good <laughs> had a affinity for each other and we said like we should make something together and so I speaking of multi-hyphenates one of my side hustle jobs is I was a flight attendant and I loved being a flight attendant it was a lot of fun and yes like I also kept that I never posted pictures online because I didn't want people to think of me as a flight attendant I was an actor and a filmmaker and so you know it was like that hidden part of me but I got to see the world that way like I traveled quite a bit I could travel for free and I went to Bali um, the year before we made this and I really just fell in love with the island and and uh, the like just the people and I thought it'd be a great place to make a film and so I came back and I left a message for Alexandra and I said I think we should we should go on this filmmaking adventure and we should propose to our friends and colleagues to um pay their own way and like join us and like make a collaborative project and so we ended up writing a uh, email to 40 people and basically being like, are you creatively hungry? Go on this adventure. Tell us what you want to do in making a film. Maybe it'll turn out great. Maybe it won't, but it'll be an adventure and it won't cost you that much. It's like the cost of a vacation. So come. And of the 40, 15 people said yes. And they got to say like how they wanted to work on it. And that was the beginning of this of this journey. Four years ago. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it it took four years, which in, you know, you hear sometimes of of films taking much longer. And I'm sure it felt longer to you when you were living through it. Mm. But it seems like four years, maybe looking back, isn't that long. Yeah, Yeah. it's kind of short, actually, considering how long it sometimes takes to make them. Yeah. Normally you have like a lot leading up to a film like years of pre-production and we did not have that we had like less than from inception to like going to film yeah like idea inception to going to film i think it was like eight nine months, months. Yeah, yeah something like that and then yeah. you filmed it in how like what did you say 10 13 days, days. 13, 13 days which yeah. is really wild for a feature and we yeah. like also knew we'd have no chance for reshoots we hadn't seen any locations ahead of getting there like there was Outside a lot of B and B listing, you know, yeah. wild on the on the fly elements that we just yeah. had to roll with. Yeah. So talk about adventure. Yeah. Yes. It was like a very juicy challenge. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. not without nights where I don't know, but I kept being like, "This is so wild. I'm I'm in Bali. Like maybe I'm awake at four a.m., but I'm getting to make a feature, and there's all yeah. these people that are showing up for it, and like, um, yeah, it was not hard to." pour 
energy into it because it did feel like just such an exciting, unique opportunity to have. Yeah. 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 So part of the reason why you are now here on Fine is a Four-Letter Word is because the whole premise of this film is that the characters thought they were fine, said they were fine. They were not fine. No. First of all, before we we're keeping my listeners in in suspense of what the the film is called, called unpacking. Yes, unpacking. So yeah, all the ways you can think of that word. Movie. Sorry. Yes, go. Let's say that again. Plug. It was like you can follow it's unpackingmovie.com. Okay. At uh, and on Instagram. Yeah, we're and I'm (laughs) gonna have that in the show notes as well. A link to it. So. How did you come up with, how did the characters come to be? Like, how did this come to be the theme of unpacking? I think we, um, well, we knew first we settled on this sort of wellness retreat concept. And um, from there, McCall and I both in our sort of own growth journeys have found um, just the importance of community and structure um and i think that we also both and and mccall's husband joseph is our third writer on this all all really felt there's like um a real lack of this in american society right now places for people to go and find support and draw themselves out of wherever they're stuck and get moving forward and like what has filled in that gap for i mean definitely like a a more privileged set of people, but is the wellness industry. And it's a mega industry. And it is, um, it's also like a pay to play industry. Like Mm -hmm. I'm stuck. I need something to move me forward. I'm going to sign up to go here to have this person pull me out of whatever I'm doing. And there's a lot of promises sold for very, you know, that was our thing, like reset your soul in a week like is that possible of course that's not possible (laughs) but what is possible is to like plant the seeds of change and shake off whatever habits or patterns you've been in to start the ball rolling in a new direction so that was sort of like the foundation of what we wanted to explore with the whole on the film and then each character um has their own path in that journey and cycle of what they're trying to shake off, um, what's held them back in life, what they're trying to get real about, uh, how, yeah, how they're trying to sort of. It's my work. Like like (laughs) step into the next version of themselves. Yes. Evolve. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah. Okay. So. (laughs) uh do you at the so i had the pleasure of watching the film and so for anybody who's listening you can go to the link in the show notes and the website alexandra just mentioned and you can watch it there right if you have no. access I can't to, watch it yeah yes. oh you can't watch just, it there okay just the trailer we're Never really mind. looking for distribution so we just we've been in a ton of film festivals and we hope it's out on streamers soon, but right now it's just film festivals. But you can okay follow it, check out the trailer, get the tone. And but if you go to the website, you can see what film festivals you can go to. 
absolutely to yes. see it. Yes. So, yeah, we've been on the festival circuit for about a year. So we, we might have a handful of others. We're not sure yet. We don't have anything upcoming, but they do pop up. You know, we have a okay. handful that are of submissions that are still out that we might get into and but yeah we're definitely focused on like the next with indie films that's sort of the path you know you go on the festival circuit you build a buzz and then you get picked up by some sort of distribution platform so okay will be somewhere within the year but we don't so know for anybody yet. who's listening if you have connections in the distribution At- side of things yes yeah yeah reach out because this film needs to be seen by more people thank you we really feel that anytime you get an audience there's like a beautiful resonance and really interesting conversations that come from it um so yeah we know there's a place for it yeah and we know it'll find its audience and we just it's we're not sure how that's going to roll out yet so yeah yeah okay Uh, could you I mean, would I, this is a totally random question that I'm just thinking of as we're talking here. Like, could you do like your own distribution, like a pay to watch it kind of thing behind? Like, what are those platforms that you can pay? Sure. Uh, that's, yeah, that's always that's like an last option. resort. And so, <laughs> the last <laughs> resort. OK, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. But we um, it's still early in that process. So like we're trying to go the more traditional model of having getting making the money back from having made it in like, you know, rather than like five cents here from each viewer, which is what the model is. Oh, okay. But we know like ultimately we're not going to not have it out there like we absolutely if we have to. But and no one will be the wiser. Like they'll just be able to stream it, you know. Absolutely. we are waiting because we're waiting for like, yeah, that, yeah. Um, that deal. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> we All right. It's coming. Time. We're sending so energy time. to that and, and it's coming. Yeah. It's, it's, it's already here. It just That's right. <laughs> yeah. Manifest into yes. present have- time. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So what is next then? So that's the focus is finding distribution. Yeah. What, are you doing like cold calls? What are you doing? <laughs> How do you get well, it? <laughs> we, have an H- we have a sales agency that's that's okay. repping it. They're taking it to all the film markets. So they're going to the American film market. It's called AFM in November. Um, we just launched a new, we're just like about to launch a new trailer um, that we're really excited about that we think like really set, like fi- it really sits with the tone and feel of the film. So we're excited for people to see that. And just, you know, yeah. So they go to about five film markets a year all over the world. There's one in like Venezuela. There's one in um, Tokyo. Like they're all over the world. So um, they can sell it like by territory. So like mm-hmm. maybe we'll get distribution first in Japan and then maybe we'll get distribution in Spain or, you know, and then it will kind of roll out like in different countries. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's what they're working on. So we don't, we're lucky to not have to do cold calls. Um, but yeah, but it always helps to have connections and you never know, like if you meet someone at Netflix or, you know, one right. of the, you know, that's like, oh, I want to see your movie and oh, this is great. So it's, um, it definitely is who you know. So we're happy to, you know, have anyone reach out if they're like interested. Yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah. we're just putting that out there. You yeah. never know who's listening. <laughs> yep what's next we're working on another project together okay yeah it's um it's also the um alexandra joseph and i the three writers on unpacking or we're working on a another story um and yeah it's the same writing team alexandra's gonna direct it 
um we're excited it's like i don't know what else do you want to say about it alexandra it's also an ensemble it's also um it's more comedy than drama i think this time but also sort of in the dramedy zone and uh we'll have an another interesting location <laughs> yeah yeah i can't i can hardly wait I yeah. <laughs> because because that's the other thing is that the movie the the film was good in in of in and of itself and then on top of it you have beautiful scenery yes yeah. so it'll be the same thing yeah we it'll be and it'll be that same awkward earnest kind of cringe comedy but also you go on this heartfelt journey you know mm-hmm. so all of those are kind of like i don't know they're hallmarks i guess of the at least the kind of films we want to make together and yes they're largely, yeah, somewhat of hallmarks, I think, of us individually as well, although we have other films that don't quite sit in that same space. Yeah. Yes. You just said hallmark, and it made me think of the hallmark channel, and that is not at all what your film is like. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I'm not like, no, it's more, not that. Uh, no, I know. A lot more authentic F-bombs. feeling women. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Well, I mean, that's, any, I think, yeah. Anybody who's listening to this, F-bombs is not a problem for them. So yeah. <laughs> I more think like stories, you, uh, these are like actually women you would meet and recognize yes, and recognize exactly. yourself in and it's not picture perfect. And, right. These uh, are, right. These, this is a story and... that you can relate to as opposed to totally. some kind of fantasy out of a romance novel that's like, totally. yeah. I've seen this before 700 times and it's, totally. it's just a fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, authentic is the right word. And, and, uh, that word gets thrown around a lot and kind of loses its meaning too, but it, it really is in this case. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Really All right. Do. Well, uh, I am, this has been so fun. Thank I know you, we Lori. went a little bit longer than we normally do for a show. And so I hope, you know, as a listener, you're still here because it is totally worth the, the extra, the extra time to be here. If someone wants to get in touch with you about distribution or, I don't know, anything else we've talked about today, what's the best way for them to reach either or both of you? Um, Oh, well, they could DM us on Instagram. Like, it's just McCall Sinnott, which is M-I-C-H-A-L-S-I-N-N-O-T-T. Or Alexandra will give her Instagram. I'm I'm Zan Clayton, X-A-N-C-L-A-Y-T-O-N. I use Instagram or, way more than I should. <laughs> I will get back to um, you the same day. Yeah, I think they can also contact us through the um, our uh, unpackingmovie.com. There's like a channel to email us that way too. So they could go to the website. Okay, cool. I will put links to all of that in the awesome. show notes to make it really easy for people. Great. And uh, wait, you know what? I didn't ask you, but we almost got, what's your hype song? That's my question uh, yes. at the end for everyone. And, and I got carried away and I almost forgot. Jeez. Um, okay. I'm like, I looked it I up. I don't know if so I, I have like, one, but right most? now I've been thinking a lot because I'm in this big transition. I just sold my house and I'm just bought a new one. And I'm like, anyway, and life is really, I'm very excited. Life is very, it's going very well right now for me. Um, it is uh, the dog days are over um, by oh, yeah. machine. Love yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mine too. I was like back and forth because I'm like, I'm changing it all the time, but something that like constantly makes my mixes. And especially if I'm like needing to 
hype myself up is Donna Summer, I Feel Love. Oh, that's so perfect. That goes back to what you were saying in the beginning about your family. Sweet. I'm going to listen to that when I finish today. That sounds it's so great. It's got that. It's got like a really like punch and yep. beat it's to it. it. It's running really in my head right now. Body. Both of them. It's it's kind of a weird <laughs> mix. Yeah. <laughs> What's yours, Laurie? Uh, mine is Carrie Underwood's Champion. Oh, mm. I love that. That's good. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, but I also have all, an entire playlist, but. Of that's course, the one that is yeah. that every time I hear it, I'm like, I got, all right, I can't sit still. That's great. I got to follow your playlist. I need, I need to create one, like from all the playlists of that everybody has who has been on the show has that's said, awesome. I need to create something in Spotify. It hasn't been at the top of the priority list, but it is something I would like to do. Oh, follow. So, all oh, right. Man. Now we can depart. Thank you so much for joining me today, Alexandra. McCall on fine is a four-letter word. Thank you, Thank Ari. you, Ari. When I was a child, my report cards regularly included notes such as, Lori is very bright, but she needs to learn how to speak up in class. That's why I love Alexandra and McCall's story about creating their own screenplay, both literally and figuratively. Here are some of the top takeaways. Number one, Many children are raised in households where they're not allowed to have emotions and are certainly not allowed to express them or even know what they are. This is why people love screenplays, stories, and movies. It gives them the chance to suspend disbelief and live vicariously through the characters and themes of the stories. Number two, having an alter ego like McCall did through the characters she played gives you the opportunity to step outside of yourself to express feelings and create experiences that your current reality blocks you from. You are free to design a character and play that role. It can be the first step to breaking the cycles and patterns that have held you back. Number three, there's a misconception that if you do more than one thing, you're not being authentic in any role. McCall worked as a flight attendant but never posted about it online. She also struggled to own being a writer because it felt conflicted with being an actor. Alexandra works as a photographer under a completely different name to avoid her name coming up on Google searches as a producer, director, and actor, as well as a photographer. Number four, in reality, everything you have done in work and life has helped shape the person you are now, and everything you do will continue to fuel your ongoing evolution. We're all multi-hyphenates in some way. Nobody is just one thing. And number five, unable to get the attention of gatekeepers, Sylvester Stallone wrote his own screenplay, then insisted he play the title role even though he was offered more money to sell the Rocky screenplay and have another actor play the role. Alexandra and McCall have taken a similar approach to unpacking. They're willing to wait until they get the right streaming deal before releasing it to the public. In the long run, authenticity pays off. Thanks for listening to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. If you've enjoyed the show, please follow and share it with a friend. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform to help others discover it too. You can find links to my socials on my website, zenrabbit.com. And before you go... 
take a moment to reflect on what you're grateful for today. Remember, you have the power to create a life you love, and I'm proud of you. Thanks for joining me. Take care.